Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and I'm here at your service. Now, we usually have a whole bunch of phone calls, the second hour and the first hour kind of slim. So now's the time, 602-508-0960. You can talk about a car problem. You can talk about your wife arguing with you about how to use the windshield wipers you want you might want to know what to say to the shop not to say to the shop um and i do marital uh, counseling and all that other kind of stuff as well so you're welcome to call us at uh, 602-508-0960 let me tell you about auto dynamics real quick auto dynamics is is a shop in sun city they're really good they've been around since 1982 chuck started auto dynamics and his son Derek now runs Auto Dynamics, and if I do say so myself, and I would say this in front of Chuck, Derek's a tad better than his dad with respect to the big picture. But that happens to a lot of us old guys because we came up in a different century, so to speak. So whatever your repairs are, Automotive Dynamics in the Sun City area is a pretty good idea and a good place to go. If you're looking for a great shop, then Auto Dynamics is on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Like I said, I've known this family for many, many years, and I know they'll treat you fairly. Okay, Eddie, I'm going to recap real quick, okay? Okay. Okay. This Platinum Ford comes in. It's a 2010 F-150, and I think you told me that he said that he had had this to a lot of other places and nobody could fix it, or the success rate of other attempting to fix it was rather slim. Yes? Correct. Yeah, no one had a clue. Okay, so he brings it to us because he thinks we have a magic wand, and so I assign it to you, and uh, what you do is you determine, oh, and the symptom is this, he gets in his truck and he turns the key on and he starts the car and he drives away, the motor runs fine, when he gets home he turns the key off, and when he turns the key off the motor stays running until he opens the door to get out, and then the motor dies. And then there's some electric steps on it that are acting kind of strange as well. So what you're trying to fix is, is why won't the engine shut off when he turns the key off? You identified that we have one circuit in that situation when you turn the key off, one circuit that's either hot or dead, and it should be just the opposite. So the hot one should be dead, or the the dead one should be hot, and you identify that circuit to the yellow wire on the ignition switch deep underneath the dash. Have I got it right? Yep, that's it. Okay. Yep. Okay. So you're gonna. What are you gonna do to fix this car? Well, like I said, I put an ignition switch in it, and that worked fine for six times. I turned the key off, the engine would shut off, and then I I checked to see if that circuit was being grounded when the key was shut off, and on a scale of one being grounded and ten being not grounded, it was a three. <laughs> but then the problem came back. Okay. So I kind of rewound the whole deal. I unplugged the ignition switch, took it off, put everything back the way with the new ignition switch, just like it just reinstalled it again, and it still had a problem. Okay. So at this point, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know what was going on. But I you knew don't think that I could see caused... that? <laughs> What's that? 
<laughs> you didn't think the rest of us could see that? We we knew that, that this wasn't going to be an easy repair, so that's why I gave it to you. But anyway, so next. So all, all I knew is that if I took my test light and touched that wire when the key was off, the engine would shut off. So I took my test light and I touched that wire when the engine was running with the key on it. My test light was nice and bright. And as soon as I turned the, the key to off, the engine would shut off just like it was supposed to. So at this point, I'm decided I'm just going to wire a bulb to that circuit and tuck the bulb back behind the dash where he can't see it being lit up when the key's on, and it fixed the problem. Okay. Now, to, to, to put that in layman's terms, the circuit was hot, and when you shut off the key, it should have gone dead, and it didn't go dead. But when you applied a small load, like a light bulb, and, and, and the load is measured in amperage. Your starter uh, takes 180 to 300 amps to crank over. When you turn on your headlights, they're probably on an 8-amp circuit. This was a very small circuit. It took very little amps to change it from hot to dead. So you decide to jump a wire from ground to this wire, right? Correct. And you With put a little a bulb light in there. bulb, like a dash light bulb, yes. Okay. Why didn't you just paint it black? <laughs> so nobody could see it. <laughs> because, well, because, because those little bulbs get a little bit hot, so it would have okay. just took the paint off of it anyway. All right. Okay, so you put the bulb in there, you wire it in, and fixed? Fixed. Every time you turn the key off, boom, the engine would shut off just like it, okay. it was supposed to. Now... I'm going to tell people that we didn't really go back to the root of the cause because that would have cost a lot more money, and it did have an aftermarket alarm system on it that had been removed, and we felt sure that somewhere along the line somebody had crossed wires or somebody had left some portion of this alarm in there, and we knew what it was causing. So rather than go tear the dash apart and try to find this this backfeed or this problem, we just decided to fix the problem by using a little light. Now, how, how much did you bill on diagnostic time? I, I don't really know, so I'm asking you a question. I don't know the answer. In, in dollars? Um, in dollars, I think I had probably about 250 Okay, which is about two hours, yes? Yes. Okay, did you charge them for the light bulb and the wire and the connections? Yeah, that was another 125 Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the light bulb and the... <laughs> what are you... It's, it's, was there any parts in, on this ticket? Yes, well, I probably had uh, about $10 in parts with uh, a couple uh, wire connectors, the socket, and okay. the bulb. That's what I was looking for. I didn't believe that you charged them $125 for the light bulb and the electrical connections and stuff like that. So his his ticket was two it was between two fifty and three hundred dollars. Uh, I think it was upwards of almost with some of the reprogramming the the key fob and oh. some other stuff. It was it was somewhere between probably four and five hundred dollars. Okay, and reprogramming the key fob when you walked up to the car and you pushed out lock or unlock, it wouldn't talk to the car. The car didn't know what frequency your button was at, so we had to go into the computer and we had to say, okay. Tell us when to push this button, and then we'll push it, and you go, oh, that's the one I need to talk to. So we had this transaction going on where we had to relearn the fob to the car. We had to match the key fob to the truck, right? 
That's correct. Okay. All righty. So at the end of the day, we fixed it. But folks, that's it gives you a good idea what the labor, how, you know, how the labor is. Now, what estimate did you give him at the front side? You know, I, I think they had quoted him um, one twenty-five to to one fifty as far as checkout. Okay. And so as soon as I exhausted that, then the service rider got in contact with him and say, "Hey, we're on the right track. We're we're halfway through the tunnel right now, but it's going to cost a little bit more to go forward." Okay. So at the end of the day, you finally. It, it's not really a MacGyver. It's you. You just simply overcame the connection wherever it was at, and right. And I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I I either fixed it and didn't repair it, or I repaired it and didn't fix it. But we we reached the finish line and got the results that the customer wanted. Right, and in a permanent fashion. Yes. Until of course your light bulb under the dash burns out. burns out. <laughs> So you told him all about that. So if it does, if it yeah. dies and it starts doing it again, then he'll know, to, and he'll probably bring it back to us, and we'll replace the light bulb. Did you give him a lifetime guarantee on the light bulb? No. Well, you should have because that way he'll come back to us, and we don't. He does not going to have to spend a bunch of money figuring it out. Well, I told him if it happens again, then most likely the bulb has burned out. Okay. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you for spending this time with me. But I just wanted that was a tough one. That was one yeah. that that uh, that I would say that um, maybe 10 to 15% of the gray-haired guys in town um, would probably be able to fix, and the rest of them couldn't. It took a lot of, of, of ability to recognize that this circuit needed to go dead instead of be hot, and that you used a very small device to make it go dead like it's supposed to, and so then you recognize that the small amount of energy could be produced by a small light bulb, and you decided to wire that in and see how it worked. But at the end of the day, when he turns the key off, the engine dies, and when he gets out, everything's okay, and everything works like it should, and at at the end of the day, it works. So anyway, thanks yep. for calling in. I asked you, you to call in and talk about this. It's not to thump our chest. I'm not even going to the name of our shop. I'm just going to give you an example of what we see on a regular basis. You know, I honk the horn and the headlights flash. Um, I honked the horn one time and the airbag popped me in the face. Um, these electrical issues are really weird. And then the worst ones are when the kid from high school decides to put a fancy-dancy stereo in his computer car and he thinks that he grounds the stereo to a ground wire and it's not. It's an input or an output from the computer. So now all kinds of things happen, and Daddy brings the car in, and he doesn't say anything about the kid tried to put a stereo in it, or the new stereo doesn't work right. He just says, this is what's going on. I honk the horn, and the windshield wipers flap. And so we have to go in and figure that out. So it's important to let us know all the electrical history of this car, including my son tried to tried to uh, hook up a new stereo. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that's happened. I can't tell you in 39 years how many cars we've had come in and they, they had a black wire and they thought, oh, that's ground. So they hooked the stereo to that ground wire and it's not a ground wire. So you can't go by colors anymore. Or they think well, the they hooked it to a... Go ahead. The best piece of information we need is it happened after this. Everything was okay. fine until we did this. Whether it was, you know, I took her to a shop and they did something, or my son tried to install, uh, you know, a stereo, or, you know, okay. I got hit in the right front. 
whatever. We need okay. we need that that dividing line. Okay, and and in your case, real quick, what was the action that he had to tell you about, or he did tell you about, that kind of gave you a lead on this? What did he say? There was nothing. There was no. He said there was no rhyme or reason. He said months ago the backup camera started acting up, but I don't think that has anything to do with this issue right now. Okay. All right. So he didn't really have much background, other than, but but he did give us a good a good path to to start on. Hey, this is how you duplicate it, and I need you to fix this. And he was able to demonstrate clearly what was going on with the car. So yeah, anyway, perfect, it was a what. Go ahead. No, perfect symptoms and perfect way to to recreate it. Okay. All righty. Well, anyway, thank you. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question, thank you, Eddie. 602-508-0960. And and the important part is the communication part. So that's the reason why when you ladies go into the car repair shop, you don't tell them to fix it because your husband said to do this. You give them the symptoms and let them come up with the repair. And then when they come up with the repair, ladies, you look them in the eye or you talk real firm on the phone and you say, listen... I want to hear from you that it's going to cost uh, you know $237 to fix the problem, and you promise that this is not a guess because I'm not guessing with my money, and if we're guessing, you're get, we're guessing with yours. So I want to hear you say, Mrs. Johnson, I'm going to fix your car for $237, and your problem is going to not reappear. I'm going to fix your problem. That's what you want to have, that kind of conversation with your car repair shop. And really and truly, the good guys don't bother that. Don't mind that conversation at all. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works, we want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. There's nothing small about your business. Your passion, your hours, your reputation, it's all huge. Your partnerships, even bigger. With Dell Small Business Technology Advisors, you'll get the tech, advice, and one-on-one partnership to help your business grow. Because with reliable Dell PCs with Intel Core processors, you can focus on what matters most, getting business done. Call 877-BY-DELL to speak with an advisor today. That's 877-BY-DELL. Welcome back, everybody. 19 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock, and David's been holding for a very long time, and I'm going straight to David and take care of David's problem. David, thank you for holding. How can I help you? No problem. Good morning. Uh, mine is more about the anti-lock brake system. Uh, got a 2011 Tundra I bought used, and the first time I took it up into the mountains, I noticed that uh, when I took the... Uh, I was going down a grade... And it was a sharp left turn. The anti-lock brake system would engage either on its own 
where the minute I touched the brakes. Okay. Wanted to know if that was normal. Uh, do have the truck under an extended warranty, and I uh, wanted to take it in to see if they could troubleshoot that, but I'm not quite sure what to look for and what questions to ask. Okay, it's not really questions to ask. You just say, I need you to get on the freeway. I need you to find a sweeping left turn. And um, I want you to drive it that way for half of the turn. And then I want you to gently apply the brake pedal in half that return. And I'm just guessing about what you're going to say, but I'm just thinking. And you tell them. And then the ABS, now when the ABS light comes on, does it flutter, flicker, or does it come on steady? It comes on steady. Okay. All right. And that's what you're going to tell them. Now, I want you to think, you're just giving the symptoms. That's all you give them is the symptoms. But let's talk about this for a minute. When we turn left, the ABS has uh, sensors on all four wheels. And when, if you're going straight down the road and you hammer the brakes and the left front tire locks up, in the blink of an eye, the ABS is going to dump the, fuel, the brake fluid pressure to that left front. The sensor is going to go, oh, we just went from zero to 52 miles an hour. Then the ABS guy goes, okay, I'm going to apply gentle brake pedal pressure to that wheel. Oh, it locked up again, and then it dumps the pressure. This happens in the blink of an eye. And that's the shuddering when you hammer the brakes, the, the car shudders, and that's the ABS going on and off. In your case, the most important thing you said was, is I'm in the sweeping left turn, and sometimes I'm braking, but sometimes I'm not. So what I'm going to do is, and most shops are going to do, I'm going to hook up my scanner, and I'm going to watch all four wheels. And then I'm going to go to the Fry's parking lot, and I'm going to do left turns. Okay. <laughs> and sooner or later, one of those sensors is going to fall out. So it could be the left front or the right front. It could be the left rear or the right rear. It doesn't make any difference to me. All I'm going to do is I'm going to make left turns, do, 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 and then I'm going to go right turns. And I'm just going to go back and forth and back and forth, and sooner or later I'm going to see one of those sensors fall off. Now, before... Excuse me. Before I do that, I'm probably going to put it on the rack and make sure the sensor isn't covered with mud or grease. And mm -hmm. I may take an air gun and blow off all four sensors. Make sure that the harnesses are intact and they haven't been rubbing on the tire. So I'll do an eyeball inspection, then I'll go drive it. That's how we're going to figure it out. That's how we're going to figure it out. And you can help, too. Does it ever do it on the right? when you do it right, because if you say it only does it on the left, that helps us, because this is the reason. When you make a left turn or a right turn, the inside tire, the left front, is going to turn less revolutions than the right front, because the arc on the left side on a left turn is smaller than the arc on the right side of the car. That helps us. So if we get it to happen on the left, and then it doesn't happen on the right, we pretty much know it's going to be a front wheel sensor. So how many miles are on your Tundra? I've got a 81,000. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think you have any problems. Do you have a garage? Yeah. Okay. That's what oh, I no. don't... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do not have a garage that I typically take my vehicle to, if, that was, if that's what you're asking. Yes. You, you Do you typically take your vehicle to a shop you trust? Uh, I, I typically do most of the work myself. Uh, okay. There is a Toyota dealership that I've gone to a couple of times, but... I do not trust. So, okay. Live in the West Valley. Got somebody you'd recommend? Um, 38th Avenue and Indian School. Is that close? Uh, close enough. Okay. Harkers could figure that out. Bob can figure it out. If he can make it happen, he can figure it out. 
But like I said, he may say to you, I want to dust off and clean off all the sensors. I want to give you the car back. I'm going to charge you $35, and I'm going to clean all the sensors up, and I'm, I want you to let me know if it comes back. Now, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to call him and say, it's been a month, and it hasn't come back. Thank you very much. Or you're going to come back and say, no, I can duplicate it again exactly the same way. And he goes, okay, we, I expected that. Come on back, and we'll continue on. That might be the process. That would certainly be the process I would want to take because I want you to go out. Because if blowing yeah. the sensors off and it fixes it, bingo, you're home free. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You said that was Harker's? Harker's, H-A-R-K-E-R-S. Harker's. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Tim. Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. They've been around since 1970. Brian and Thelma own and operate Thompson's Auto Repair, and both of their respective families have been in Mesa for the last 40 or 50 years working on cars. So both of their last names, Thompson and Vivian, both of those names are names that have been around a long time. All you have to do is meet Brian or Thelma to know that they've got your best interest in front of anybody else's. They're honest, they're dependable, they have great technicians, and they work very hard to fix your car or service your car properly. They're on Main Street just east of Stapley. Great place to go if you don't have a place, and it's the only place in the Mesa Borders, the only auto repair shop that I put my name next to, the only one. It's not that they're the only good shop, but they're the only good shop that's applied and passed all the tests that I put them through. Let's go back to the phones. Tim, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Um, I bought an aftermarket high-amp alternator, and it came with a sheet telling uh, uh, how many amps it puts out at each RPM uh, and tells when the alternator starts charging. I would like to take it somewhere. Uh, It's not on a vehicle. It's just in a box. I would like to take it somewhere and have it tested to make sure that their test results they gave me uh, are true and accurate okay. where, where could i take it to that that uh i i took it to like AutoZone, and they said what well, they no, can tell no 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 let me answer your question not. let me answer your question your question is a really bad the outcome is not what you're going to think it is we test parts where they live so for you to find somebody that's going to put it on an alternator test bench is a, is a huge waste of time So there's nothing, I mean, I'm going to put it on a test bench, and I'm going to tell the alternator, the battery just went to 2 volts, and then I'm going to look at the total output. Your car's never going to go to 2 volts. It's never going to drop below 9, because that 9 is probably going to shut off. So I don't know why you bought a high-amp alternator, but I'm going to tell everybody else that's listening to the show that that is not in your best interest. It's not. So the alternator in your car is capable of 10 to 60 amps, 10 to 80 amps, 10 to 120 amps, and amps is the power to pump electricity back into the battery. So in your particular case, you put it on the car, and then you go have it tested. we got a test bench. Well, we're not going to take it off. We're going to hook up a bunch of cables, and we're going to fool the alternator into believing that the battery voltage has just dropped to nothing, and we're going to see what the total output is. But I don't know why you did that because there's nothing that's going to work better than the alternator that the car came with. And the high amp alternator is just simply a marketing strategy to move you from 60 to 80. And I'm going to tell you that your alternator runs in the 60 amp range maybe once every 10 years. 
and that's probably when you're hooked up to your wife's car and trying to jump start the battery and you bring the 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 battery or you bring the car that's running up in rpm so i i don't know the situation but you test it where it lives because a bench isn't going to give you true true values so that that's my response to your question and good luck to you now there are a couple of rebuilders here in town and if you want to find you just google alternator starter rebuilders in phoenix arizona and you'll probably find a couple of them but again unless it's in the car the testing is 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 not valuable and it's not um it's it's not useful so anyway good luck to you tim thank you for holding as long as you did gail you're up next how can i help you well gail dropped okay all righty well we're going to take a break here in just another minute or so anyway so um 602 kurtz auto repair is a shop i like Kurtz Auto Repair is a shop that's been around a long time. He's up at I-17 and Bell in the northeast corner. Jeff, Eric, and Kurt are just a wonderful team. What's up? Our, okay. One, they're a wonderful team to fix cars. They're all three master technicians. You got the young guy, you got the middle guy, and then you got the old guy. And when you put three heads together like that, the the, the outcome is always really good. So he's a family-owned, independent-operated auto facility. They've been recognized as one of the Better Business Bureau Ethic Award winners, and that says a whole bunch about their ethics. They opened up in 1987. They work on both gas and diesel, and he hates it when I say this, but if your lawnmower doesn't run or your weed eater crapped out, (laughs) take it to Kurtz, and he'll check it over for you. I'm kidding. So anyway, Kurtz Automotive, northeast corner of I-17 and Bell Road, a good place to start your car repair relationship. My name is Mark Salem. Our website's MarkSalem.com. There you can find the list of the very best car repair shops I believe exist in the city. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserit paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, our guest will be political commentator Jamie Glazov to provide a full explanation of what jihad is and what it portends for the future of the Middle East and the Western world. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Will pastors in the Netherlands who affirm biblical Christianity face criminal prosecution? 
That may well be the case. Back in 2017, a group of evangelical Christians concerned about the confusion of the age wrote and adopted a statement that became known as the Nashville Statement, affirming a biblical understanding of marriage and human sexuality. That statement was addressing issues that the church faces in modern America, but of course the situation is not merely American, it is increasingly worldwide. That takes us to a recent headline from the Netherlands. 250 Christian leaders have signed the Nashville Statement, and what is so ominous, the Dutch Government Prosecution Service is deciding whether or not The very signing and publication of the Nashville Statement is actually a violation worthy of criminal prosecution. Yes, it's ominous. Merely publishing and signing this statement may be, as the Dutch Prosecution Service has indicated, a criminal offense. I'm Albert Moeller. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. This is NASCAR driver Kurt Busch, and I am proud to support our nation's veterans. Do you know you can get a faster decision on your disability compensation claims by filing an electronic fully developed claim, or e-claim, on e-benefits? Take it from a guy who lives his life in the fast lane. Faster is better. Visit ebenefits.va.gov today to learn more. E-claims. Online VA claims made simple. A message from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, 602-508-0960. We're going to take Gail. Gail, thank you for calling back. How can I help you? Hello. um, I have a 2018 Mazda 3 that I've had for 15 months, and everything works great, um, except one thing. Um, I had an old flip phone that worked for six months connected to the Bluetooth, and then it stopped working. And so I went into my cell phone company and they told me, um, you know, your old flip phone, you need a newer one. So I bought a newer one. That one worked for six months in the Mazda 3. And now it stopped working. And I've taken my car under warranty to Mazda and had the Bluetooth upgraded. And I've gone to Verizon multiple times and we can't seem to get my phone connected back into the Bluetooth. Okay. And we're sure that all the, they call it pairing, all the pairing process is done exactly right. Um, well, they had paired the phone, um, and the other day I was I was in there, and they couldn't get the phone connected, and the guy says he does this all the time. This is at the, the phone company. Mm-hmm. And then when I left, my phone kept notifying me every two minutes that something was going on, and it was trying to pair. Um, so I had to unpair, 
um, you know, on my on the Bluetooth, I actually unpaired the phone because it wasn't um, make, because my phone wouldn't stop notifying me. Okay. <laughs> you okay. know. Do you so, do you have any kids? Do you have any daughters, or son-in-laws, or anything like that? Um. Yeah, I have a son who's okay. an engineer. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, well, here's here's what I'm thinking. Before we go much further, I would mm-hmm. I would think that if he has an Apple phone or a Samsung phone, that he could pair his phone to your car, and then maybe right. let you use his phone for a couple of days to see how that works. I, I can tell you that we mm-hmm. we oftentimes read where it says the old fashioned flip phones, and they usually give us a Motorola model and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, a will not pair or will not communicate. And I know just the okay. other day, my wife and I were trying to get our phones to change the channel on our new television. And when I couldn't, mm-hmm. and and I had her read the directions while I did it, then I read the directions while she did it. And so we called the 1-800 number, and he says, what are you using? And I told him, and he goes, no, that's not going to work. He says, you need version so-and-so software. And he says, and you have to upgrade mm-hmm. your phone, and then it'll work. So I said, the parameters are kind of small. And he says, no. He says, the parameters cover the last three years. So yours is without, outside the parameters, which is four. And so I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And so then I borrowed my son's Samsung, and sure enough, it worked just fine by controlling the volume in our television. Mm-hmm. So uh, before, oh. I think it's not in your in- best interest to let them mm-hmm. start replacing parts and working on your car because this is a very unusual problem. I think you're better off to go on the phone side because I okay. think it's more likely than not that a newer phone would probably fix your problem. And the cars but of today... Six months, yeah, six months ago, I did buy a newer flip phone. Okay. And it all, and then it quit. Yeah. So. I just I just don't know. They don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think they make a flip phone anymore, and I can understand that you bought a newer version of your old one. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, the Chevrolet and the Ford, they, they have older versions and newer versions. But I paid attention to the fact that you said this is an 18 Mazda 3. So, right, right. And, and I think the technology on the car is requesting newer technology to talk to it. Now, the only other possibility oh. would be is, is that the, the issue could be that have you ever hit the key and the engine cranking over the roo 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 sounds different mm, I don't think so okay, this I want you to button okay car. yeah I, I want you to pay attention to the roo, 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 okay. on the starter if it ever goes okay. roo, roo, or if it ever goes click then a it could be that there's a problem in the starting system that's dragging the battery which is normally at 13 volts down to 8 or 9 and that may wipe out the memory on your radio so, okay, an, but it hasn't wiped it out. Okay, okay and you're talking about yeah. the push buttons, what we call the presets. They still work, right? Yeah, everything's working fine on, on that. It's this little screen mm-hmm. uh, that pops up, and it's, all the radio stations are there and everything. Okay, and, uh, that helps me. That's a very good answer to my question. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is um, you might try a stereo shop. Those guys work wonders. The one we use is called Cartoons. Cartoons. And I, th- I think it's spelled with a K, but I'm not sure. Cartoons. Okay. We use them to bail us out of problems like this. 
I think it would be appropriate to ask to make an appointment and then stop by and just say, can you pair this better than I can? And okay. see what they say about the technology that you have. But I think it's, I think I'm 70%, there's a 70% chance I'm right that a newer model phone might help you out better. So okay. I hate to spend you your mean, money, but yeah. that's what yeah, I think. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm in my 60s. I'm reluctant to go to a smartphone, you know. Well, and and let me because tell you, so I uh-huh. I know what I know what you're thinking. Um, yeah. Not too long ago, maybe a couple years ago, our company has lots of phones, and so they mm-hmm. they said that they're not going to carry my old phone again. They called it a Fred Flintstone phone. Okay. So <laughs> I have two older kids, and uh, I have three older kids, and they're all like the other geeks that are out there that are in their twenties. They know everything about the smartphone. And it really didn't take me very long to understand the smartphone. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm 64, and I only graduated from high school, and I barely did that. If my dad hadn't have paid off the principal, I would have never got my diploma. So uh-huh. uh, I just think, I mean, if you can work your television set, then you can go from cable to music and from, from, from music to news, and you can shut it off with push buttons. I think you'll find that the uh, the newer model phones won't be so scary. And I know that my son likes his Samsung better than the rest of us like our Apples, but then he's hit his head too mm-hmm. many times. So yeah. Yeah, that might, if, if yeah. we can prove that that's the answer, then you have, you have yeah. two choices, to leave it like it is or to, to upgrade the phone to something that's a smartphone. Okay? I got to yeah, run, but good luck. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, Gary, or Gail. I'm sorry. And Larry, you stay right there. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. This is the Terminator. Listen to America's money ace of the airways, Victoria McVeigh, here at 960 The Patriot. She's smart, savvy, and a serial entrepreneur. So grab your wine, whiskey, or Perrier and come play with Victoria McVeigh on Sundays at 8 p.m. She'll have you saying hasta la vista, baby, to your financial dismay. It's easy to take a day for granted. You and your family are connected by routine and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if your day's routine is disrupted and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that?
Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 43 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday, we're here from 10 to 12 talking about cars. I'm not here to thump my chest or to tell you that I'm the know-it-all of all know-it-alls. I'm as good as the information you give me. I'm as good as the information you give me. So when I ask you if it does, when you move real fast and you say no, then I'm going to, and the answer is yes, then I'm going to go in the wrong direction. So just do your best. And of course, every question has three answers. Yes, no, or I don't know. And so that's kind of how we work this out. You can also send me an email at mark at marksalem.com. Mark at marksalem.com. And I, I'll answer all of them personally. If you'll leave your phone number, sometimes I, I want to ask you a question. And, uh, and I call from a blocked phone. So if you send me the email on Sunday and then Monday at 10 o'clock, somebody calls from a blocked phone. If you don't answer, I say, hey, this is Mark Salem. I'll call you back in 15 or 20 minutes. And then that way you can pick up the phone. So that's kind of how it works. Let me tell you about Blackwell Automotive real quick. He's a guy that I've known for a very long time, for more than 25 years. Tom's the kind of guy that you can wave that red flag and tell him nobody can fix the car, and he will. He can fabricate fabricate um, car parts. Uh, he works on older cars. He fixes older cars, but he also works on computerized cars and diesels. He just has the kind of tenacity that a really good shop owner has. So if you live anywhere near 40th and Greenway, he's been there for more than 20 years in the same building. He's been a friend of mine for more than 20 years. And I can tell you, like most all the other shop owners, I know him personally, and I, I can tell you almost certainly that I have every one of their cell phone numbers. So we are a close group, and uh, and we work together. So Blackwell fits just perfectly, and he has ASE certified technicians. So from oil changed engine swaps, domestic and imports, he can handle it all. Let's go to Larry. Larry, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Hi. <clears throat> I have a 2002 Explorer Sport Track. Um, a lady hit me the other day in the front, right front wheel, <clears throat> and it bent that big pie-shaped arm, it comes to hold the wheel on. So they had to replace it. And while they replaced it, they put in new wheel bearings. I've driven the car since it was brand new. I've got 143,000 miles. I've always known what it feels like in the steering wheel. I've taken it back once, and they say everything's fine in there, and it drives just fine, but sometimes between 35 and 42 miles an hour, I can feel in the steering wheel there's a vibration, a slight, but it's a vibration. With that new pie-shaped thing coming to the wheel make the steering wheel vibration feel different than it has for the other 143,000 or is it just something that's different that I'm just imagining that I'm feeling it different in the steering wheel okay. everything's tight and everything's running right okay well that's called a control arm that triangular piece you're talking okay. about that's a control arm um, the fact that it comes and goes I think I have a better plan for you um, I think you should have ask them or go to if you buy your tires from discount they'll rotate your tires for free but I think we need to take the fronts and put them on the back and the backs on the front and then I want to see if the problem changes does it move does it quit or is it is exactly the same as it was okay so you think it might be a rotation uh, that might be out of out of rotation that's, that's I think the, the vibration 
I think the vibration could be caused by a tire, okay. but I, it could be either side. So it could be on. Could be on the left or the right. Okay, because they did take both tires off to put the new bearings in. Hello. Uh, Mark uh, is uh, he, he dropped off for a second. He will be back shortly. Um, tell us a bit more about the, your tire. <clears throat> they took the tires off, of course, when they put the new wheel bearings on and they put that control arm on. I feel sometimes between 35 and 42 miles an hour that there's a slight vibration. In the st- I can feel it in the steering wheel, like something's different than it's been all the other years I drove the car. I was just wondering if there could be, <clears throat> since that control arm has been replaced, I'm just wondering if it, that would make it feel different than it's felt in all the other years I've driven it. Now it's just shaking. Does it lean to one, one way or the other? Nope. And when the steer- you step on the brake, the steering wheel doesn't move. It stops just fine. steers just fine. And they say that it's in alignment. So... Does it happen at, at a certain speed? Yes, between 35 and 42. Sometimes it starts at 35, sometimes it starts at 40. It usually quits by the time it gets to 42 or 43. And how long has this been going on? Just since they put those new bearings and fixed, put that new control arm on. And the, this happened after the accident? Yeah. Because after the accident, it, steer, it steers just fine, but it feels different. Than, you know, I've driven the car myself for 143,000 miles. It just feels different than it did before so i'm just wondering if it could be and they say everything's tight so the bearings wouldn't be off in there i'm not going to grind anything up with the bearings you think do you that would be a problem yeah but i wouldn't know until it happened but i they say it's it's okay so i'm thinking i was just wondering if some that control arm could, could make me feel make the steering wheel feel different than it had before yeah that is a that is a problem yeah mark should be back shortly is there anything else you can add no, so he said just maybe just have them rebalance the front wheels to make sure it's not a, how should we say, one of the tires could be out of balance. Yeah, I don't. I didn't, didn't ask him if they took any of the wheel weights off and put them back on. So if the tire, I know what that happens if your tires are not balanced just right. It, it almost like it's a little loping in there, which makes it vibrate. So I'll have that done and see if that can change it. Just driving it like that, if that was a problem, wouldn't hurt anything, but the, as long as the bearings are in there tight, they shouldn't be wrong since they're new, should they? Now, does it happen when you uh, go in reverse as well? Well, I would never get up enough speed. I don't notice anything in reverse, no. Okay, Mark should be with us very, very shortly. Um, wow. So how long is this? Like a couple of weeks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, you, and have you taken it to any of the other places, any other shops? No. Okay, Mark is almost with us, so uh, right. anything else you can add? No, that's just basically what was my question, you know, because I was just worried that if, you know, if there was something wrong, where the wrong would be. As long as the bearings are in there, okay. If it's just, like I say, the wheel's not quite right or something, it isn't going to hurt anything. But if the bearings, there's something wrong with the bearings, then I would really have a problem. If I get out on the interstate and start going 75 miles an hour, it would heat up or something, would it not? Okay, Mark is with us. I'm going to pipe you and hold on, sir. Okay. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Gil. Uh, the power supply just uh, on my equipment just started smoking, and so I disconnected it. So I'm going to be on the phone for the rest of That's the hour, smart. and my clock is still working. Um, are you there? Um, in, in order to put you in, I dropped him. He should be back shortly. Or are you me, me listening? Okay. Um, I'm on the phone right now. I'm hearing Yeah, you're, you're on the air, sir. Okay. Okay. 
All righty. Well, we are talking about um, uh, Larry and his Explorer, and he's got this vibration that comes and goes. We can sit and talk about wheel bearings and all kinds of stuff, but that's not going to move us forward. Um, my suggestion was is let's get the front tires off the be- the front and put them on the back and see what changes. The fact that it vibrates just for temporary or for a little while and then it gets better um, is something that is more likely associated with the tire than anything else. Um, if we move a bad tire from the front, which is causing a steering wheel vibration to the back, then the steering wheel vibration will go away and the vibration will come in the seat of our pants. Because the vibration in the back of the vehicle is the seat of our pants, and in the front of the vehicle it's the steering wheel. So that's if you want a diagnostic process, that's a whole lot better than guessing it's the wheel bearings or it's the lower control arm bushing, or it's an alignment, or they did this wrong or that wrong. It, that's just a huge waste of time. Let's go after the problem. And once we determine what the problem is, then we'll know whose fault it is. If somebody takes the front off the front tires off and they go oh nobody tightened up the lug nuts in the right front then we're done we go back to the shop and they fix their mess but it's uh you know it's not going to be wheel bearings because wheel that's not the symptom that matches wheel bearings it's not going to be a lower control arm that's the wrong one or installed improperly because that's not the symptoms for a lower control arm it's not going to be an alignment because the alignment is going to cause the tire to wear abnormally and if there's a vibration it'll be there all the time so like i said we'll know who to blame after we fix the problem. And my suggestion is, is the fix the problem is we, we just move the tires from front to back and back to front. Thank you, Larry. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll take the next caller. Gil, who have you got? That would be Lauren. Lauren, good morning. Thank you for calling. How can I help you? Good morning. Uh, I have a 2013 Ford Edge that I bought factory brand new. And I had one issue with it ever since I've owned the car. It's been into Ford Canada where Canadians do the summer or winters down here. The battery was replaced when the car was a year old because I, the computer, when you put on accessories, said powering off accessory to save battery. A year later, it was doing it again. I took it back into Ford, and they, were, they didn't want to put a battery, and they did a bunch of load tests, and they said that it's basically the alternators in these new, court, new Fords do not charge the battery. They only maintain the battery. And everything's been good. If, when it does that, if I put it on a charger for overnight, it's good for a month or two. We were just on an Asian cruise away for a month. The car sat in Vegas for a month. Started doing it again. What do you know about that? It doesn't make sense why an alternator wouldn't charge, would only maintain. Well, whoever told you that, um, I couldn't. I I would rather talk to them, but from a technical point of view, that's just BS. Okay, that's just what it is. Okay, here's, if you want to fix it, here's what you're going to have to do. There is something that's telling the computer that the battery voltage is dropping. And so if you just go get one of those little testers and plug it into the cigarette lighter, I want you to know that when you turn the key on before you start the car, the voltage should be close to 13. I'll take 12.6, 12.7, 12.8, 13. I'll take that. Then when you start it up, the alternator is going to bring the battery voltage up between a half and one volt. So you're going to go from 13 to 13 and a half or 14. Then as you drive it all around town, it's only going to be to 14. Now, if all of a sudden this adapter, this voltmeter that plugs into your cigarette lighter, all of a sudden if it drops down to 9.6 or below, below 
11 and a half. I'm guessing 11 and a half. If all of a sudden it drops below 11 and a half, then there should be this accompanying warning message on there. So now we have to figure out why the electrical system is dropping to 11 and a half volts and the alternator doesn't match those symptoms. So the alternator is like a light bulb. It works or it doesn't. That's all there is That's to it. I thought, and I've been driving for a lot of years, and I have plugged in a, a lighter or the meter into the, the deal, but I don't remember the readings. But I know twelve point six is around minimum, so I'll try that again. But it's it's okay. Funny. And they said it would take two thousand miles to drive that car to bring that battery up with that alternator, so it just didn't make sense. No, you're you're talking to somebody who's just throwing. Uh, bull excrement on the wall and, and, and hoping that, you know, and if you're talking to a service rider and it's in a big facility, the service rider is not a trained technician. And sometimes they'll just regurgitate the bull crap that they were told by the technician who can't fix your car. I think it's, it's time to take it to a, a, a someplace else. Let me ask you a question. Are you in Phoenix right now? Yeah, we're in Phoenix. We're wintering in Phoenix. Okay. All right. Take it over to Sanderson Ford. I, I, I want to tell you that they have been somebody that I have been able to 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 recommend, and and they've never never let me down. They've never let my customer down. So I would suggest Two let's minutes. try somebody else and let's try Sanderson. Okay. Well, I was in the shop with the technician. We did he did a load test, and because I had a radar detector plugged in and a couple of very minor things, he said a hundred a hundred milliamps that Ford recommends no more than 100 milliamps or it'll pull the batteries down with it sitting two or three days. So I unplugged all that stuff, and it did help a bit, but it's still doing it. Wait a minute. This has nothing to do with what you told me. You told me that you're driving or you're idling or something like that, and then the warning light comes on and says it's going to start shutting down your accessories. That doesn't, you know, the draw on the battery when the key's in your pocket has nothing to do with the issue. Nothing. And besides that, the computer draws more than 100 milliamps as, as the key's in your pocket. It's called keep-alive memory. So the computer's going to consume a little bit of electricity, but my wife's Ford Edge, she can let it sit for a week up at the ranch, and it'll always start. She, she, has, she doesn't have an 18 like you do. But that has nothing to do with it. This isn't a draw. This isn't a, 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 a radar detector. This isn't it. We, we have to determine if the battery voltage is dropping to cause the light to come on, or does the light come on in spite of the battery voltage having a sine wave and a voltage reading well into the normal range? If it's well into the normal range, then we have a bad connection to the body control module who's supposed to turn that light on. So all of a sudden, the computer sees, ooh, the voltage just dropped to 10. Well, then I better power everything off. Well, the connection caused the voltage to go from 13 volts to 10. So we have to find that. So, you know, you can, you can, you can listen. And first of all, you don't listen to anybody who can't fix your problem. Okay. I can tell you the process. I can't tell you what's wrong with it, but I can tell you the industry standard process. I've given you the best advice I can give you. Take it over to Sanderson. I think um, they've waved their magic wand a lot of times. I'll see you next Saturday right here on KKNT.